0: Welcome to the Arena Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. It's lovely to see one or two people who I don't know and some people who I've not seen for a little while and, and also some new people as, as well. But tonight, what we're doing before we go into a new series, which will begin 10.30 next week, next Sunday, 10.30. We're back to normal time. And uh, we're going to be launching a brand new series. And of course, next Sunday will be Stephen and Alini's uh, last Sunday were with us in terms of them leading the campus. And uh, we're also going to honor them at that service as well and pray for them uh, that God would bless them and help them as they, you know, whatever God leads them, leads them into. So I'd encourage you to come next week. But I've got a one-off. It was always planned this way, so there's nothing unusual about it. And... Um, I want to just talk for a few minutes, if I can, into um, just a little bit of an update as a way of 2020. I'm not going to take the entire time, so please don't be worrying about that. I've got a message that I want to preach, and I believe it's for everybody. But for those who are not aware, during May of this year, we, we launched a, a series uh, around uh, the 2020, year 2020, the whole thought of leaving a legacy. It was really a culmination of a connection between vision and resource. The reality is, it's very difficult to fulfill all that you want to do without resource. You can have a lot of vision, but if you've not got resource, it's difficult to land it. It really is at times. And the plan was that over three years, so this year, next year, and the year after, could we believe that through our church, which was a remarkable thing for us to even think about it, we've ne- never done anything like this before could we believe that a hundred thousand pounds or more could flow into the life of the church now some of the leaders thought I was mad but you know we were glad to announce that actually you guys were the ones who tipped it over the edge because it was your giving Mansfield's giving on that last Sunday that took us well over the hundred thousand pounds mark but here's the point the connection point just lo- look over here to my right your left They're the four areas that we wanted to sow into. Community transformation, church planting and revitalization. That's a fancy word for churches that are struggling to try and help them get moving again. To plant and establish a leadership school and also other people that we're involved in across the world. Let me say this 100,000 was for us all to give away. It was never to, to come in. It wasn't to do the back end of the building. That was funded and through a number of different things. We've not used that money for that. This money was used for those four particular things. Now, here's a way of an update. We had a great serve day, didn't we? Both in Ilkeston and Mansfield. And that's going to keep adding color and growing, growing, and growing here and in Ilkeston. But that happened through that fund. We didn't need to come to you and say, guys, we're going to do this serve day. We want to bless the community. Could you just, we're going to have a special offering. We didn't need to do that. Because there's over £100,000 that's in the account. So we can love on our community. How awesome is that? I love the fact. One of the things that we, we've also sown into is we brought a group of pastors together. You know, sometimes some pastors are really lonely. Some pastors are really struggling. Some pastors are, don't have the blessing of arena. We get, we get very blessed here. And like I have to tell my kids, don't take advantage what you've got here. Because some of your friends ain't got what we've got here. And sometimes we can easily lose what we've got here. And some guys that come in, church leaders are saying, wow. And we don't think we're wow, but they see it from a different perspective. And what we want to do is love on them. So that's what we did. We loved on them. We brought them in. We got them gifts. We treated them to meals. And it was all for the purpose of really extending the kingdom beyond ourselves. Why am I telling that? Your money did that. You're giving a sown into Stoke-on-Trent and a sown into Bromley-Kent and a sown into Birmingham and churches all around this nation that you're blessing. You might not see them, but you're blessing these guys. One particular couple that I want to mention by the name of Patrick and Lucille. You saw them. Patrick's a big black guy. I mean, he's big. It makes me look really, really tiny. And unfortunately, he's a Manchester United supporter, but we won't hold that against him. We really won't. But they went to Toulouse, France. They did IBTI, which is the International Bible Training Institute. And with a call to go and plant a church in Toulouse. They're on their own, him and his wife, newlyweds. And it was a team of two. And they asked if me and Caroline would cover them, just be a help to them, just be a blessing to them. You've heard me talk about that. We're on the Skype wall with them and just help them and encourage them. We're going to send people over to them. They've now got 40 people through groups, and they're ready to go live for Sunday mornings as from December. Yeah, yeah. I want to tell you, that I think that's work. Yeah. come on guys, yeah. stir a passion in our hearts, God. Let it overflow. I, you know why I'm excited? 2020, uh, 2020 money has enabled us to sow into them financially. Yeah. We're yeah. sowing thousands into them, and we've not had to ask you for a penny, it's all there so we can just say, this is a great thing. We'll sow into this in Jesus' name. There are some things that we're doing in Ilkeston. I will tell you about something. There's a, I know there's a homeless need here. But there's also a homeless need in Ilkeston. One of the things that we identified in Ilkeston was they needed a shower. Biggest thing that they were saying, we need fresh, we need to launder our clothes while well, we're able to do that through washing machine and dryers. and but We need a shower. It cost us about 3,000 pounds to put a shower block in. Guess what? I told the church this morning, we didn't have to ask them for a penny. We've already got the money there. We can just sew into the shower block and it's not an issue. And we're able to bless and love and serve people who deserve, in my mind... A clean shower every day, Patrick, if they want one. And by the way, there are some things that Leslie and Lou are doing which are remarkable here. Let me give you a stat. I don't know whether it's already been mentioned here, but since Care for a Coffee has been launched over this last 12 months, 1,548 people have been through the doors here. I think that's brilliant. Now... There's been sponsors who've helped that and through small groups. And, but what we're basically saying is we want to keep sowing into that. We've now got money and they're working through a strategy uh, through Lou and Leslie and Paul. And there's others who are involved in that to say, what can we do to bless this community of Mansfield? They talk about kids and schools outreach, parent and toddlers group. And we've got all the money that we can do to already sew into it. I feel more excited than yeah. you do. Are you understanding what I'm saying? There's money there we're able to do it. We're touching all these areas. By the way, the leadership school is going to be starting as from February. We think we've got about eight people already who have committed to being there. And some of them are coming from as far as Scotland to go into this uh, Bible training school. And then we'll send them back to their churches so they can be a blessing to their pastors. I think that's great. Yeah. Guys, it goes beyond ourselves. Yeah. And this is all through your... now I'm going to be really naughty somebody said to me today he says you didn't hold back from it did you I said no I didn't hold back from it I wasn't being pointed but I'm just making the point I want you to know for those who sowed into it I will just say it like this you get the pastor's blessing I know the leaders who sowed into it the elders because we had to make a decision that we're all in we put our hands in can you remember Paul and Stephen and Josh all hands in But beyond that, I don't know who gave. I don't know whether you're here or not. And it's not for me to know. But what I do pray, I pray very regularly, Lord Jesus, I pray a blessing on all those who gave to 2020 vision. I pray that you would overflow. I pray that you would multiply. I pray that you would bless their families, that you would bless their homes, and that you would bless their families. And this was the thing he says, you didn't hold back. And of course, if you didn't give, you're not party to that prayer. Now, that's not me excluding you. That's you excluding you. Now, we don't need any more money at this point. I'm just making the point that there's a blessing that flows through what we sow into. And of course, we don't give to get back because the Bible is very, very clear that as we refresh others, we'll ourselves be refreshed. And we don't give to get. But we want to be people that live out of an overflow of blessing and multiplication. So... I'm very, very grateful. Thank you for everybody who sowed into 2020 giving. We will be regularly communicating even more so now because there's going to be things that we're going to be buying. There's things that are going to be doing. We're hopeful that the building behind us will be completed in the next few weeks. There's things that we need to purchase that will enable us to serve the community, not for the building, serve the community. There's money that's going to enable us to do that. And we're going to be doing the same in Ilkeston. So one final time, can I just say a very, very big thank you. And I like to do this. Let's give Jesus and one another a big round of applause. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now to the ministry. Because I know we've got Chip Cobbs waiting and Gail and... Leslie, they're already on it. They're going to boost my waistline even more so. <laughs> Who's ready for a chip cop? Yeah. Can we have some gravy with that as well? I love gravy, chips and gravy. There are three things that God wants you to know. This is going to be a very simple message. I actually prepared something that I was going to be sharing today over both locations. And I really felt the Lord say, no, that's a great message actually. If He said He wasn't rubbish. I'm going to use it at some other point, but it's not for today. I need you to tell the people three things that I want them to know from me. I wonder if you're turning your Bibles to Luke in chapter 19. And if you haven't got a Bible and you'd like one, we can give you one at the prayer point or next steps. We'd love to give you a Bible. Or you may say, well, I'm still getting used to it. So I haven't got a Bible. What do I do? Don't worry because the verses are going to come on the screen. Okay. But this is a well-known story. If you're from a Sunday school culture. Anybody here used to go to Sunday school when they were a kid? You're bound to have gone great. You're bound to have gone through this story. Honestly. It's a dead famous story. And it's it's, it's, it's about a little man or a wee man, as they would say in Scotland, called Zacchaeus. So let's read it together from verse 1. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through, and a man was there by the name of Zacchaeus, and he was a chief tax collector, and he was wealthy. And he wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree, To see him since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I'm going to stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. And all the people saw this and they began to mutter. He has gone to be the guest of a sinner. (laughs) But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look Lord, here and now, I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. And Jesus said to him, Today, salvation has come to this house because the son of man to this this son of, because this man too is a son of Abraham for the son of man came to seek and to save that which was lost now I want to say that tonight this message these sure words that I've got for you will be very very simple and very understandable I think for everybody and it doesn't matter whether you are a follower of Jesus Or you're here as a seeker. You're trying to make sense of your life. Or you're just curious and nosy. And some of you looking around certainly will be curious and nosy. Or there may be even people here who are doubters. You're not quite sure whether this message, whether this guy at the front, or whether these people at the front can be trusted. And the the name of Jesus is true because of your past experience. Wherever you are, you're very welcome here tonight. Because Arena Church is for all those people. And this message is for all those people. Because there are three things that God wants you to know. Just tap the neighbor next to you and say there are three things that God wants you to know. Come on, do it with passion. The first thing that I want to say is this. And I'm telling you, I preach far better with reaction. I was listening to a recording recently of a pastor who was preaching to 8,000 people, 8,000 people in the crowd. That was part of their auditorium. I want to say, I could have preached in that church. It would have done my nothing. No response. Cracking jokes. Nothing. Not even a ripple. I'd be thinking, I'd kill this congregation if I was there. I don't know. I'm killing them. Or I'd be resigning within, within minutes of being there. So listen to me. I need some reaction. Is that okay tonight? Yeah. I'm already getting it. Because there are three things that God wants you to know. First of all, you are known. When I look at this story, it's interesting that Jesus is walking by, but he stops and he knows immediately who he is. Nobody's told him. He knew his name. He knew who he was. And I want you to know, God says, you are known to me. It may be that in your lifetime, you was always overlooked at school. You was always the last one to be picked. It may be mom and dad weren't particularly kind with you. It may be that a husband or a wife left you. It may be that all kinds of people may have overlooked you. You've been overlooked for promotions. You've been overlooked for, overlooked, overlooked. And that's been the story of your life. And you feel like nobody knows you and nobody sees you. I want you to know tonight, God sees you. You are known. You are known by him. And not only are you known, but he knows your name. As Zacchaeus was called by name, so too God calls you by name. But interestingly, when I delved into the name Zacchaeus, you see, every name has a root meaning. My name Christian means to be Christ-like. Christian, Christos, anointed, anointed one. I remember one... um, a Bible teacher uh, laying his hands on me, and I thought he was going to give me a big prophetic word, and he says, Christian is your name, so shall be your nature. And that was the end of the word. They were all getting, God's going to use you here, there, there. But I tell you what, I remembered that word, because that has been a key word in my life. Christian is my name, so shall be my nature. Christ-like in nature, and of course, God is still forming his nature in me. Can I hear a big... Amen. And in you too. (laughs) But Zacchaeus, interestingly, even though this guy was a bit of a crook, he was ripping everybody off. His name actually means pure. His name means innocent. You see, he was from a line of influential Jewish people. This is the point that I want to make. Jesus knew his name, but he wasn't living up to his name. In fact... What I would say to you, some of you, there's so much more potential in you. And some of you are so much better than the way you are living. And some of you are so much better than what you have become. I'll say that again. Some of you are so much better than the way you live. And some of you are so much better than what you have become. It's in you. God's purposes reside in your heart. But what we allow ourselves to do is be derailed by all kinds of stuff around our lives. And this is what happened with Zacchaeus. And God saw, Jesus saw it. So he didn't just call him by name because he's known, but he also identified with him because he said, Zacchaeus, today I'm coming to your house for tea. I'm not just going to speak to you here. We're going to go into an intimate context in your home where we're going to eat a meal together. And we're going to talk about life. We're going to talk about your life. And I want to say this is how God wants to be with every single one of us. You are known by Him. Friend, can I say you are known by God. God loves you. You may say, Christian, you don't know how I've been living. No, I don't. But He does. But He still knows you. And He still wants to identify with you. What a remarkable Savior. He is. You see, God sees us and he identifies with us. Because of time, I just want to move on because the thought that I've got before I go to the second thing that God wants you to know is that very often I hear in the sales life, some of you are in sales here today, they, they call these networking sessions. And I've found oftentimes the worst kind of networkers are those who only want you because they want something from you. Yes? Yes. Or there's people in your life, you know, they've only wanted you because of something they can get from you. Let me tell you, Jesus identified with Zacchaeus, and Zacchaeus had nothing to give him. Which leads me to my next step. So why did he want to associate with him? Because not only are you known, but you are loved. God doesn't just say, I know you, Patrick. He also says, I love you. I tell you, these are powerful truths. You've got to allow them to live in your heart. You are known and you are loved. Because here we see, and we don't see the narrative of this story, but I want to say for certain, life change happened. Life change definitely happened in this story. We don't see what the meal was like. We don't know who was there. But certainly Zacchaeus embraced the words and the life of Jesus. In fact, he was a changed man. As a result of being with Jesus, because Jesus said, you are known by me. He then draws him into, you are loved by me. And Zacchaeus embraced his savior. He was introduced over this meal to the love Mercy and grace of God. I pray tonight, this meal of worship, this meal of prayer, this meal of the preach word, this meal of the chip cob, and by God's grace, gravy with it. You will know the love, grace and mercy of God. Have you got it? You'll know the love, grace and mercy of God. Because you are loved. You are loved. You are loved. And Zacchaeus... Something happened in him. Zacchaeus knew that he was no longer a stranger to God, but he was one who God called. He was he knew he was loved. He knew he was now free. He knew he was a son. And if you're a lady here, you're a daughter of God. In fact, what God calls you when you come into this relationship with Him, and you are loved, you embrace that love. He calls you a friend of God. Oh my goodness, really? Yeah, you are a friend of God. You may say, Christian, wow. Can I enter into that? Yeah, you can. You are known. You are loved. Phil, for those who participated in the week of prayer, thank you. Thank you. We need to keep doing that. We'll probably do them more and more in the coming days. Weeks of prayer. We just pray over lots of things. Phil wrote a piece. And if you're on email, you'll have got it. If we've got the right email address, that is, of course. But he talked about, as a kid at Sunday school, he learned, memorized John 3.16. And they're going to come on the screen. Because this is just to underscore and underline this point that you are loved. Because here we see for God so... That's so important, that word, so. For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have everlasting or eternal life. And verse 17, for God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through Him. I find verse 17 is probably... As important as verse 16, particularly in the context of the 21st century. Because everybody thinks that God's there to berate them. God's there to hate them. God's there to just pour judgment on them. And you've heard me say time and time again, God loves you as you are. But he loves you too much to leave you as you are. But let me be clear, there's nothing that you can do to tidy yourself up, to clean yourself up, that will make you presentable before God. You are already presentable before God through His precious blood. Just come as you are. Why? Because you are loved. I tell you, this is powerful, powerful truths that we've got to get in our hearts. And we forget, we're loved by God. We are known by God. And Zacchaeus knew it and everything changed for him. But he didn't just stop there. Because the third thing that we want you to know, and God wants you to know quickly, is that you are called. Just tap the neighbor next to you and say, You are known. Everybody do it. Come on. You are known. Now tell them, You are loved. Now tell them, You are called. I do things like that because I know we hate doing that in a British culture. And I'm determined to not have a British culture. I'm determined to just have a participatory culture where we just participate. That's why I do it. So if you're irritated by that, well, tough. Okay. Um, now I'm going to keep going. You are called. Now you may say, well, how do I get, you get that out of, out of the story of Zacchaeus? Well, it's quite interesting because, again, we can't see the narrative... But there's text here that we have to just read into a little bit. And this is not misreading the text. This is fully understanding it. Because I think this is what would have happened. As Jesus is in Zacchaeus' home. And bearing in mind, this was a very wealthy, influential individual. He had great power and influence. He would have had servants. He would have had nice clothes. He would have had a nice camel. Just saying. He would have he, he would have had... He would have had The choice food, I would have thought. There was an affluence to this man, yes? But this is what happened. Because I think what happened in this moment of meeting with Jesus, Jesus challenged this incredibly enterprising, influential, wealthy, albeit slightly crooked man, to use his wealth for the service of others. He says, now Zacchaeus, you are known by me. Zacchaeus, you are loved by me. But Zacchaeus, you are called by me to go and do something with that love. For the service of others. And actually Zacchaeus, can I just encourage you? Can you look around? What have you got in your hands? What what is in your life? Zacchaeus starts to think, well, I've got power. Well, you probably could do that for the service of good for others. Well, I've got a bit of influence. Well, Zacchaeus, how about using that influence for the service of others? Well, actually, Jesus, Jehovah's been very good to me. Look at all that I've got. And Jesus said to him, perhaps you need to go and use what you have for the service of others. Because you are called, Zacchaeus, So then we go back to the text and this is how I know it to be true because let's take it to verse 8. It'll come on the screen. The meal has happened. Something's happened to this changed man. And then he announces to his saviour, it's interested, to the Lord. He doesn't say to the saviour, to Jesus, which again is another thing because very often most of us go to, we are known and we are loved, which is saviour. But when we are called, we call him Lord. It's not just about him being saviour. It's not about just being at the cross. It's about his moving on beyond the cross into total surrender. And Zacchaeus said, look, Lord, read it. Here and now, I give half of my possessions to the poor. And I have misread this scripture for years. Because I thought he was doing it out of a sense of duty, Paul. Honestly, I've misread it because where I'd connected to was the next thing. And if I had cheated anything out, I'll, I'll pay them back four times. But he wasn't, he was dealing with two issues. He was dealing with his calling. Listen, I have all this wealth, I have all this influence. And I've got this wealth that I want to do something. So I'm going to give half of what I have to the poor. Now, I'm not asking you to do that. Please don't think that this is just... I'm not, I don't actually want any of your money. I'm just saying, whatever you have been given, are you willing to give it away with the call of God that rests on your life? Are we willing to lean in and press into God and give everything to Him? Or are we going to withhold? And Zacchaeus said, no, no, no. I am now known by you. I am now loved by you. And now I am called by you. And I'm going to be going and making a difference with what you have given me. Yeah. So today, half of what I've got to the poor, can you imagine the stampede to his house? Imagine if he had two camels. Somebody said, we're going to get a camel today. Come on, let's move quick. We need to go. You know that nice jacket they wore? You know, Nathan says to him, I'm going to get it, Joanna. So he's, he's, he's there to get the jacket. Because half of what he's got, is going to give away to people. And then he goes on to say, and if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. So Philip, he's ripped you off by a hundred pounds. And he now sees you and he says, I need to go to my bank of Jerusalem or Jericho, and I need to go and pay back 400 pounds to this man. It was part of his calling. I hope you're understanding that. He understood it wasn't just about him being known and loved. It was about him living out his calling. And Zacchaeus affirmed his commitment and his call to use what he had for the service of others. As I close, this is all for all of us, because you may say, oh, all right, okay, okay you're a bit, getting a bit passionate, Christian, but I'm not quite sure. Well, I want to say, this is the season that we're walking into. It has nothing to do with the announcement of last week. I want to tell you, God is driving it very, very deep. He's wanting more from us. Yeah, true. Can I say, He's drawing more from me. And I know that what happens is with the leader, He normally draws more and then it flows down. So we're in for He's going to draw more from us. We keep making declarations. You do. I do. I've done it over the years. God, we're going to give everything. We want to take this land for Jesus. We've sung all those songs. And God says, okay. I'm now ready. Are you willing to pay the price, Christian? Because again, that song, Deeper Still. Every time I sing it, Deeper Still, oh my goodness, something just draws in me. I'm like, God, Deeper Still. We can't just say that we know and we can't just enjoy the love. We've got to go and do something with what we have. And I understand some of you might say, I don't really think that I've got a lot. Well, let me introduce you to some people as I close. There's a church in Corinth that a man by the name of Paul had to talk to in 1 Corinthians 1. It'll come on the screen and he says this, Brothers and sisters, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were influential. Not many were of noble birth. Can I just say I'm not being derogatory. I said this to August and Mansford, And I can say this more particular for Mansford Because I'm a Mansfield boy. Many of you know that. I was born and raised here. Went to school here. So I'm not being derogatory of a town. But as I look around, I don't see many of the noble birth. I don't see of the rich and influential amongst us. I see really, really quality people. And Paul was basically saying here, you might not think you've got it all together, but you're still called. Yeah. yeah. Every one of us has a call over our life, and to underscore it even more, there's a modern-day version that says it like this: Take a good look, friends, because you might feel like this at who you were when you got called into this life. You know, I don't see many of the brightest and the best. Among you, not many influential, not many from high society family. Isn't it obvious that God deliberately chose men and women that the culture overlooks and exploits and abuses? Chose nobodies like me to expose the hollow pretensions of the somebodies. That makes it quite clear that none of you can get by by blowing your own horn before God. Everything that we have, right thinking and right living, a clean slate and a fresh start comes from God by the way Of Jesus Christ. The point that Paul is making is we are all called. It doesn't matter where we've come from, what our lifestyle was. If we are known and we are loved, then we are called. And some of you are here today and you think what you do doesn't matter. In this next season, what you do does matter greatly. Greatly. Carl's not here today. I know there's other people. Carl's not a well man by any stretch of the imagination. But there he is painting making an incredible difference. Some of you guys working through the shops and you volunteered and you serve tea and you clean toilets and you run small groups and you know, you're involved in kids ministry and you're cleaning up urine outside when you come up in the mor- in, on a Sunday morning because from the Saturday night and all these kinds of things that you're having to just sort out. And you think, well, nobody notices. It doesn't really matter. I want to say it does matter. Every single one of us are called to make a difference. And what you do does make a difference. It really does for people's lives. And we've got to get it more and more. And we need to all lean in. And by the way, if some of us are not leaned in, we need to lean in to God. And what He's wanting to do in this season. I love porches. Anybody here ever been to America? Just give us a wave. One of the things that they do, well... On their houses, they have porches, lovely, lazy porches. We were in Waco, Texas in the summer, and it was just beautiful. 115 degrees it was outside. It was a bit stifling, but there was a fan that was running around. And we did the American thing. We had cloudy lemonade, and we had the the iced tea. It was just a beautiful experience. And we sat on the porch, and we just watched the cars go by and the world go by. I love sitting on a porch. But listen to me. We're not meant to stay on the porch. By the way, a few days later, because this was towards the end and the leaders and elders had agreed that I could have a few days off and we went on the beach. Anybody here love going to the beach? Come on, anybody here love going to the beach? I love the beach. Some of people don't like the beach. I say, you're a miserable bun. Bunch of, ooh, I love the beach, the sand and the sea and the surf. And you can imagine this body, can't you, out there in the, in the, anyway, well, let's not go there. I love, 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 love the, the, the beach and love watching people and just, just love it. But we're not meant to stay on the beach. <laughs> we're not. We're called to go and make a difference. We're not I enjoy the porch, but you're not meant to stay on the porch. Sometimes we've got to get up, well, we've got to get off the porch and go and make a difference. Isaiah 43, verse 1 through to 5. It'll come on the screen. I love what it says in the Old Testament. That really affirms these three thoughts. You are known. You are loved. You are called. Let's read them together as we close. But now God's message. The God who made you in the first place. Jacob, the one who got you started Israel. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. I've redeemed you. I've called you by name. You're mine. When you're in over your head, I'll be there with you. I feel like that at the minute. And God's promises, I'll be with you. When you're in rough waters. Anybody here feel like they're in rough waters? You will not go down. When you're between a rock and a hard place. Oh my goodness. Church leadership is all about that. You're damned if you do. You're damned if you don't. (laughs) It won't be a dead end. Because I am God. Your personal God. And I want to say just a side note. These verses mean so much to me. I know God as my personal God and you too can tonight. The Holy of Israel, your Savior. He then goes on to say, I paid a huge price for you, all of Egypt, with rich cushion, Seba thrown out. That's how much you mean to me. That's how much I love you. Look at this beautiful line. I'd sell off the whole world to get you back. Trade creation. Just for you. Just for you, just for you, just for you, just for you, just for you. And then it says, so don't be afraid because I'm with you. I wonder if we bow our heads for a moment before we enjoy these wonderful...